This is Cincinnati Edition on 91.7 WVXU. I'm Lucy May. Homeowners are facing sticker shock over their property tax bills after reappraisals that in many cases dramatically increased the value of their homes. Hamilton, Butler, and Claremont counties all saw increases in property values and tax bills. Today, we're going to discuss the reassessment process, how you can contest your property value, and some proposals by state lawmakers that are designed to provide relief. Joining me now are Hamilton County Treasurer Jill Schiller. Thanks for being here, Treasurer Schiller. Thanks for having me. Butler County Auditor Nancy Nix. Welcome back, Auditor Nix. Thanks again for having me. And Ohio State Senator Bill Blessing, a Coleraine Township Republican. Thanks for being here, Senator Blessing. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you have questions or comments about these reappraisals? Give us a call at 513-419-7100, or you can email talk at wvxu.org. Nix, briefly explain the real reappraisal process that Butler, Claremont, and Hamilton counties just went through. This was a big one. It was a big one. Per Ohio law, the Ohio Tax Commissioner requires county auditors to reappraise all real property every six years and requires a reassessment in the third calendar year following the completion of the reappraisal called a triennial update. This was a triennial update for Butler County. Uh, I think for Hamilton County, it may have been a reappraisal year. Is that correct, Treasurer Schiller? Yes. Okay, and the purpose of the reappraisal and the, and the triennial update is to equalize the value of each property as it compares to similar ones. Um, it's, it's to move the values in line with the market based on recent sales. Um, so we have just conducted our uh, triennial update in 2023, and then we are billing for those in 2024. And our due date is February 29th. So it's been a, a it's been a real um, interesting journey this last year. I bet. And Auditor Nix, uh, explain a little bit more in detail how these uh, processes that you just talked about are related to these big property tax increases that so many property owners are seeing? I mean, with these new values, is this all because the real estate market has been so bonkers the last few years? Yes, definitely. Um, In 2020, the previous auditor in Butler County was told by the tax commissioner to increase values by 20%, and everybody balked at that. And then fast forward to 2023, the tax commissioner gave us uh, an original amount of 42% increase. So it has been something we've been contesting for years in Butler County uh, because of these mandates and because the stress on the taxpayers is so horrendous. So uh, we have been working with taxpayers and I was the the treasurer before I became auditor uh, a year ago. Um, So we are working with taxpayers. We we are on the front lines hearing the complaints, both in the treasurer's office and the auditor's office. And we have always implored our taxpayers to contact their lawmakers because this is all by state law. And and I know Senator Blessing is uh, chairing the committee that is looking into these um, horrendous property taxes. Um, But it's because the real estate market is on fire, uh, having to do with inflation, having to do with lack of housing supply. Um, So we are seeing just in the residential market, especially uh, increases that are absolutely insane, sometimes up to 70 percent. Now, that does not mean the tax bill goes up that much. It depends on what levies you have, uh, where you live. Um, and also whether you're in a school district at the 20 mill floor, which is a very complicated thing to explain. Um, so it's all over the map. People in, in Butler and Hamilton counties are, you know, one home taxes may go down by $200 and then um, a house across, I don't know, a mile away might go up 
by $3,000 in their tax bill. So it's all over the map and it's very complicated to explain to people. Um, that's why we've been heading it up and trying to um, explain as best we can. And it's why the state lawmakers have been uh, trying to work so hard on getting something passed at the state house. Senator Blessing, what are some of the other factors contributing to these big increases in, in property values from, from where you sit? So, um, good question. I, I outlined this in the uh, article or the letter that I, I wrote to uh, the Cincinnati Enquirer, and I'm, I'm glad that um, Auditor Nix mentioned the housing supply issue. Uh, and we are looking at a lot of these things in the uh, property tax review and reform uh, committee we have in, in Columbus. Uh, but, but you know, I'm also a firm believer that the rampant financialization of housing has also had uh, a major issue with this. From the standpoint of, yes, an underbuild since the great financial crisis, uh, you know, will have reduced supply, which obviously increased prices. But when you have more demand than you otherwise would have, that also uh, has an upward pressure on prices. And that's, you know, of course, at the same time that we're, we're, we've been dealing with an, an explosion in uh, abatements, property tax exemptions. And of course, uh, as Auditor Nix mentioned, the, the general inflation that was caused by, you know, not just overspending at the federal level, but uh, the supply chains being out of whack uh, during, the, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Auditor Nix, you, you to mentioned how complicated this whole thing is, but I know what we're hearing from people is, you know, the average increases in Butler, Claremont, and Hamilton County are high, but some homeowners have seen spikes that are much higher. Can you talk a little bit more about why there can be so much variation? Yes. Um, in Butler County, uh, and this doesn't as much apply to Hamilton County, because I don't think they have uh, a lot of school districts at the 20 mill floor. Um, uh, Treasurer Schiller can correct me if that's wrong. But in Butler County, eight of our 10 school districts are at the 20 mil floor. In general, as property values increase, rates will decrease. The tax rates will decrease so that most levies that the voters have passed will collect the same amount each year. However, in state law from House Bill 920, there is a limit at which those rates can go down. So that, and that's called the 20 mil floor. And eight of our 10 school districts, which includes Middletown, Hamilton, Talawanda, et cetera, um, they, they are at that 20 mil floor. So when you see a, a, a property with an increase of 40%, um, there is going to be a big component of their tax levies that are also going to increase dollar for dollar. Now, Lakota School District and Fairfield School District in Butler County are not at the 20 mil floor. So people in those districts are not being hit like the other half of the county is. Those are two very large school districts. And it depends what kind of levies have been passed by the voters in those districts. And that's why we get, once we start going down this rabbit hole, we end up talking about um, school financing and, you know, whether the way schools are funded is constitutional or not. And so, and then it becomes out of our wheelhouse very, very quickly. So all we say is it's the school districts and it's your lawmakers. It's very complicated. And a lot of it has to do with whether your school district is or is not at the 20 mil floor. Treasurer Schiller, I know you've been hearing a lot from homeowners about this. What are some of the main concerns that you're hearing in your office? I would say the main concern is obviously for those folks in lower income areas who've seen the greatest increase in property property values. Um, 
you know, there are people who were making ends meet and with the increase they can't now. You know, as Auditor Nick said, um, a large part of the problem is a housing shortage. And so you're not seeing as much increase in wealthier neighborhoods because those homes were overpriced years ago. And the housing shortage has just made its way all the way down the chain now so that people are willing to spend more than they would before for any form of housing. What can county officials do to help Treasurer Schiller? We're fairly limited. Um, you know, Auditor Kelly and I had a an op-ed published today in the Enquirer, uh, really kind of echoing again, Auditor Nix, that we need people to get in touch with their state lawmakers. Um, we need change in Columbus, and we need we need that to be applied across the board. There are some options that we offer. Uh, my off my office offers a delinquent payment plan. So if you were not able to make your payment this past February 5th, we encourage people to get in touch with my office to discuss a payment plan, which generally is, uh, it takes the delinquent amount, breaks it into about five payments over two and a half years. And so long as folks can stay current with the taxes that come due in that time, uh, the debt's caught up and, and erased. We're talking about the recent reappraisal process in Butler, Claremont, and Hamilton counties that resulted in increased property taxes for many homeowners. You can join the conversation by calling 513-419-7100, or you can email talk at wvxu.org. Auditor Nix, what, explain what Butler County's Budget Commission did to try to provide some relief in this whole situation. We asked... Um, every taxing district in the counties to forego some of its millage to not accept the windfall. Um, so that was one component of it. Um, and we had several of the, the county rolled back millage, as did Fairfield Township, Liberty, Westchester, um, Seven Mile and City Middletown. They did that on their own. But the Budget Commission also has some maneuverability to lower um, bond rates for school districts so they don't overcollect. Um, we look we look at all their levies uh, at at the at the school district level, and for those levies and those uh, bond issues where we can lower their rates, we do, and that also provided about a twenty two million dollars savings um, of what we could have built but didn't build. That the budget commission doesn't have a lot of powers except for um, at, at the at levy time we can um, at least get it to where they don't over collect. Hmm. Treasurer Schiller, has the Hamilton County Budget Commission considered making any adjustments to the rates of local taxing authorities to give homeowners some relief? Uh, we haven't as of yet because unlike Butler County, we have a bit of a different financial situation in terms of particularly CPS, but our local school districts. Um, that is something that we are taking under advisement, though. Okay. Uh, Senator Blessing, talk about some of the bills that are being considered mm -hmm. by state lawmakers to change the system to or, or provide relief. I know there's a lot going on in Columbus right now. Yeah, I, I think it's probably best to focus on which ones are the closest to the finish line at this point, and that would be House Bill 187, which is currently pending in uh, conference committee. And what that means is it's the uh, well, it's not even in conference committee. The House has to take up the vote to either concur with what the, the changes the Senate made or send it to conference committee. Um, either way, it's it's very close to being at the end and uh, on the governor's desk. 
but what was done was there was it was originally a three-year valuation average in the legislation, which, as you know, if property values continue to grow uh, to to go up, a three-year valuation uh, would, by nature, reduce valuation and then, uh, by by extension, reduce property taxes. And there was some arguments over whether that was constitutional or not. Uh, but ultimately, the Senate decided to go in a different direction where we did an expanded homestead exemption, uh, which targets, broadly speaking, seniors over the age of 65. Uh, what this did was uh, broaden it so it went up and out, uh, as opposed to being a benefit of 26 grand for those making under 36,000. It was expanded to 30,000. Uh, and then there was a progressively decreasing uh, benefit up to an income of 75,000. Um, and that is uh, that increase is split between uh, the state government and um, local governments to the tune of $320 million over three years. Uh, and of course, there is an emergency clause attached to this such that uh, it would be effective immediately if we passed it. So um, that, I think, is the closest uh, that, that we have to the finish line, and it would uh, offer relief uh, immediately. Now, there could be some arguments back and forth whether it could be more generous. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp uh, that it probably could be, given that the original homestead exemption uh, benefit hasn't really increased for inflation over the years, even though in the budget we changed that. Um, but again, that's something that we can hash out in conference committee. And just so people really understand, you said that could provide relief right away if if it's agreed upon in the conference committee, if it gets support in both the House and Senate. But the primarily, who would who would feel that relief? So it would it would be for those, at least in my estimation, who are hurting the most from inflation, and that would be seniors on fixed income in the lower to middle income range. Okay. And do you uh, have a sense for whether there is support for the changes that the Senate made in on the House side of things? Um, I think so. And we had been in talks with, uh, you know, the, the representatives sponsoring the bill. Representative Tommy Hall out of um, Butler County was was in contact with us with a lot of it. Um, you know, if it to, to, to sit there and try to speculate where the speaker is on something like this, I, I can't really say, but I can say that it did pass out unanimously out of the Senate, um, whereas there was some, you know, uh, I, I guess it was largely passed on partisan lines out, out of the House. So I like to think that the support would be there. The Senate uh, membership body is uh, similar in nature to the House body. Okay. We do have some callers on the line. Hi, Jay. Thanks so much for calling. What is your question or comment? My question is preceded by a comment. The comment is 26 and a half years ago, the Supreme Court of the state of Ohio, led by Maureen O'Connor, I believe, declared the real property taxation system to fund funding schools, used to fund schools, was unconstitutional. They sent it to the legislature, and here's where Senator Blessing gets to tell me what, tell us all what the legislature did about it. So far as I know, 
the legislature has done zip, zero, nada, nothing on remedying that unconstitutional situation. Okay, Senator Blessing. Sure. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that's accurate given that um, for the past two budget cycles, we have been phasing in the uh, fair school funding plan, which was driven by uh, the school districts, and it will have its final leg uh, done this this next uh, budget cycle. So that's part one. Um, and part two is school districts did receive quite a bit of uh, funding from the standpoint of the ESSER funds. And uh, in addition, after that, uh, you know, DeRolf ruling in the late 90s, significant amounts of money did go into uh, school fund, or excuse me, uh, school facilities construction. So um, I, I struggle with the idea that it is still a constitutional uh, issue, given all that has taken place between then and now. Thanks for that question, Jay. Now, the ESSER funds, Senator Blessing, those, those were temporary funds, right? I know we've got a lo- number of school districts in the region who are going to see those disappear and, and have to make changes as a result. Of course. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with that, um, you know, obviously temporary. But that having been said, the, you know, fair school funding formula uh, is is really a big deal. I mean, that, you know, was a bipartisan piece of legislation that sought to fix all of the problems with the, uh, you know, school funding formula. Now, I guess, you know, there could be arguments back and forth that, you know, Okay, great, but what about you know years in between? You know, that's tough to say for me. The fact is that it's in place now. It's a good formula, and you know, as long as it's in place, I think that it's a truly a constitutional funding formula. Okay, we also have Tim on the line. Tim, thanks for calling. What's your question or comment? I'd like to first thank the panel for entertaining my question, which is, has the I accuse, forgive my language here, has the, artific- has the seemingly artificially increased price of my property has begun to go back down slightly. Will the tax base also go back down slightly? Okay. Um, I can answer that. Um, this is Auditor Nix in Butler County. And actually, after the 08 financial crisis, the auditor did move values down. Um, but there has to be significant value uh, loss. We, we have seen in the last few months, values still continuing to climb. But yes, if we have data, uh, we are allowed by the tax commissioner to move values down between those three years when we do the appra- reappraisal and the triennial update. So yes, if and also we have the board of revision available to you. If you do see that the auditor value is too high, you can you can file for a complaint with the board of revision and have a hearing for your property. So there are avenues, and yes, I think as auditors, we would definitely be looking to move values down if we can, uh, if it's legal, because we we are not incentivized to want to give you high property tax bills. We are on the front lines wanting to help you. So yes, if if it's possible and legal to do so, we would definitely do so. We just haven't seen that yet. Thanks for that question, Tim. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. This is Cincinnati Edition. This is Cincinnati Edition on 91.7 WVXU. I'm Lucy May. 
We're continuing our conversation about the property tax spikes that so many homeowners are seeing in Hamilton, Butler, and Claremont counties, and the the proposals being discussed by state lawmakers to provide relief. My guests are Hamilton County Treasurer Jill Schiller, Butler County Auditor Nancy Nix, and Ohio State Senator Bill Blessing, a Colerain Township Republican. You can join the conversation by calling 513-419-7100, or you can email talk at wvxu.org. Auditor Nix, we've heard from some property owners who've seen big variations even within their own neighborhoods, like one neighbor's taxes went way up when another neighbor's didn't. In other words, for, for some people we're hearing from it, it feels inconsistent. Why could that be? Well, it could be um, many reasons. One big factor is is the condition of the property. What uh, is the property made of? What is the square footage? Um, so we have it at the appraisal level. Then it could be the sales, the sales that are going on. And we get a lot of questions about that. Um, the property across the street looks just like mine. Why, why are their taxes lower? So that, that taxpayer may have the homestead, homestead exemption. They may be on disability. Um, they might have made interior improvements um, that we know about or we don't know about your interior improvements. Um, or they might be in a different school district. So there are so many factors. And that's why we invite any taxpayer who has those questions to call our office, 513-887-3154, and speak with one of our in-house appraisers to discuss why is your property getting uh, billed so much more. And in fact, I had a friend in Middletown asked me that, why, you know, my property went up this amount, their property went up this amount, but my bill went up a thousand and theirs only went up a hundred. Well, that in, in that case, it was because their house, uh, his house was built in 1980 something and his neighbor was built in 1950 something. Mm. So, and the square footage was the same or one was um, vinyl and one was brick. So you really have to um, dial down at the, at the individual property level, and we invite anyone to call our office to discuss that. Do you have thoughts on that, Treasurer Schiller? Because we've heard, for example, from residents uh, in in Northside who have voiced concerns about kind of this these uneven values and un- uneven uh, increases that they're seeing. And I, I think that some of that has to do with um, the condition of the house. Same, to echo what Auditor Nick said. You know, the condition of the house when they bought it, have they pulled any permits? Have they done any renovations? And I think a lot of these houses in neighborhoods like Northside and Madisonville have, you know, been bought by people who are looking to make major cosmetic or structural changes to them. Um, and that can certainly account for a higher valuation. We did Also, get- you know, we've also heard on the flip side from folks who've contacted us and said, you know, I bought my house 30 years ago. I've done nothing to it. But you know, just the value of the land has increased so much in that time that you're going to see, again, these increases in valuation. We did get an email from Antoine who asked, are permitted renovations, whether they are abated or not, factored into comps in the bulk appraisal process? Um, Auditor Nix, it sounds like you're saying that maybe they are, but maybe I misunderstand. Yeah, it depends on uh, when they get the, it's new construction, basically. And we factor new construction into our uh, calculations every year. It's a big part of what our appraisers do. But sometimes the new construction won't actually be uh, affecting the tax bill until we do the next triennial update or reappraisal. So we are always looking um, in Butler County, and Hamilton County is much, much more, um, we have 155,000 different parcels 
and we have seven appraisers. So uh, we are, it's mass appraisal that we do. And so we will always be factoring in new construction, no matter where it is or how it's done. It just, there may be a lag as to when it goes on the tax or is captured, I should say, on the tax bill. Mm -hmm. We have Tom on the line. Thanks for calling, Tom. What's your question? Oh, I, I got two things to say. One, I got a compliment. I've, I'm going to file a complaint. I live in Butler County, uh, and I am going to ask for a reduction. Um, but I, I've talked to the office many times, and I got to tell you, they've been more than cooperative, calling in and giving me advice and answering my questions on just what's going on. But, but this House Bill Two that that has been passed by the House of Representatives is uh, a 350 million dollar capital credit or some kind of capital improvement bill. Uh, and it's, it looks like it's going to colleges and some jail stuff. And I, I don't think it's gone through the Senate yet, but, but I believe that money's coming out of that billion dollars that the state's setting on, and I'll call it the slush fund or the rainy day fund, that I don't understand why that money can't be passed on to us as taxpayers to lower and help us with this, especially at this particular stage because of this huge increase. Um, because I feel like our property and us as taxpayers, we are capital, and it's also our money. So can you explain that to me? Interesting. Senator Blessing, what are your thoughts? Sure. That, that, that's, but that's the, uh, the capital budget uh, process, and that occurs every two years in uh, you know, even-numbered years, second half of the General Assembly, um, and, and is entirely separate from... Uh, you know, discussions of the homestead exemption and property valuation and you name it. Uh, besides, it's also not as far along in the process as House Bill 187 is, which is um, already passed the House and the Senate. It's just that the House and Senate need to come to some sort of uh, conclusion on where we go with that before it goes to uh, the governor. So um, I would I would stick with with 187 for now on this issue. Do state lawmakers have leeway to spend capital dollars on things like property tax relief? Uh, broadly speaking, no. Um, that's not to say that something couldn't be included in that bill, but it would be highly unusual. And I, I think it would be better to keep that in something like 187. Well, thank you for that question, Tom. We appreciate it. And for your comments about Auditor Nix's office, we have Lainey on the line. Thanks for calling, Lainey. What's your question? I'm wondering why properties that start in the low 640s, according to their sign, also are tax abated while also being built in a floodplain okay. in Hamilton County. Hmm. Um, I know that's a... Uh, those tax abatements are something that city council's been talking about a lot. Um, Treasurer Schiller, do you have thoughts about that? Is that something you're getting a lot of questions about? Or I don't know if uh, Senator Blessing has thoughts about tax abatements generally. Um, so tax abatements. Oh, sorry, Bill. No, I, I was simply going to say that is something that, that I'm trying to address in the uh, property tax uh, review and reform committee there. It, it's, it's an issue of property tax shifting. And so when you when you give out abatements, uh, significantly so, those folks are no longer paying into the property tax base. So, for example, if you're a school district, 
you go out for a levy, you need X amount of money. Um, and if that pie that you're reaching into becomes increasingly smaller uh, because of that property tax base erosion, the rate that which you charge uh, would necessarily have to be higher to get the amount that you need. So the net effect is, is the property tax burden is then shifted to the rest of the base. And that is a, a looming problem and one that we're going to have to look at. And I would like to just add on that it's usually um, abatements are usually done by local taxing districts. And so, you know, as Cincinnati City Council has been looking at changes to it, um, hopefully it will come out as something that actually encourages development in undeveloped areas and not just building new homes in wealthier areas. Thanks for that question, Lainey. We also have Lori on the line. Thanks for your call. Lori, what is your question or comment? My comment is um, for people to watch the, maybe call that, um, sorry about that. My tax assessment was done back 2017, 2018 last time. And I kept, I went down in person and argued it. And they had, they kept saying that the square footage of my home was larger than it was. So I went ahead and appealed it. I had a hearing date set in Columbus. And then the opposing attorney called me up and admitted that Hamilton County's computer system accidentally doubled the size of my property. Hmm. So please watch what they do. This, this assessment, they left us alone. So I would advise people to carefully look at your property size and see if they've got it correct. Okay. Because if their computers are making errors, maybe that's why it's up so substantially. Thanks for that, Lori. Auditor Nix, you mentioned that you've, you know, your county and has a, a relatively small team of people looking at a lot of different properties. Do mistakes happen sometimes? Yes. In fact, um, following up what Lori said, uh, our chief deputy auditor here in the office, she discovered that her square footage was incorrect. And so took the steps to get it correct uh, with the blueprints and her bill went down $500 based on that. So yes, that absolutely does happen. And when we have um, errors like that, we will, um, as long as we have evidence, we will definitely change it. We want to keep our taxpayers' bills as low as possible. And so we will definitely help them fix whatever needs fixed on their property. Hey, Tim, we have you on the line now. What is your question or comment? Uh, yes, I'd, um, thanks for taking my call. I'd just like to know how um, ed choice, uh, education, educational choice in the state is affecting the burden on taxpayers. Um, if I remember correctly, over if all parents and children who would uh, qualify uh, took advantage, it was over $1 billion per year. Uh, that diverts a great deal of money away from uh, the public school system, uh, which, of course, is uh, the chief, um, I don't know, the beneficiary of our property tax power. So I'd like to know how much um, the property tax issue has been influenced by the diversion of money, tax money, to um, uh, Ed Choice. Thank you, Tim. Senator Blessing, can you speak to that? Sure. So there were some changes in recent years uh, beyond expanding the Ed Choice, and we moved away from, and this actually fell in line with um, 
the fair school funding uh, going into place. So previously, a lot of these scholarships were, you know, you are deducting the money from the school district and it's following the child. The ed choice expansions that have occurred recently have been state funded. So uh, it's not directly impacting the schools in the same way that the some of the older ed choice scholarships were. Now, um, you know, an argument could be made that, okay, uh, you know, the state should be spending less money on ed choice uh, and more on the uh, uh, fair school funding plan. But the fair school funding plan is working as agreed upon uh, with the districts at this point, um, as well as how it was passed out of the budget. So um, I, I don't think it's as big of a deal, at least right now, in the sense that it's directly impacting the school districts, um, other than possibly saying, well, we just prefer that money to go to, uh, you know, the school districts as opposed to being, you know, the scholarships themselves. Thanks for that question, Tim. Um, some property owners in Hamilton County have raised concerns about Hamilton County hiring an outside vendor to appraise the county's properties. Um, Auditor Nix, you've told us that Butler County used in-house staff appraiser. Treasurer Schiller, do you have um, information or thoughts about how those contracting decisions are made in Hamilton County? So I don't have information about the contracting decisions, but I can say that we have 350000 individual parcels in the county. And so the amount of money and the number of folks that it would take to do this in-house would really just not, it's just not possible. Um, so the, the bringing in of outside services is just a necessity in a county of our size. I see. And have you heard um, complaints about this contracting, this specifically this, this go-round, Treasurer Schiller? I've not personally heard complaints about that. Um, it's a fairly objective process from what I understand. You know, I mean, they're looking at data, they're looking at pictures, they're looking at objective data. And that's also, again, why we do operate the Board of Revision. If you looked at your valuation and thought there's no way that somebody would pay this for my house, then that is exactly the case we want to see at BOR, um, you know, with folks bringing in evidence that would support their claim that their house is overvalued. And I want to mention that one of our producers talked to Auditor Bridget Kelly, um, who echoed what you just said, uh, Treasurer Schiller. Auditor Kelly also pointed out that contracting is common and that the contractor Hamilton County used is used by multiple other counties. We are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. This is Cincinnati Edition. This is Cincinnati Edition on 91.7 WVXU. I'm Lucy May. We've been talking this hour about the recent reappraisal process in Hamilton County and also the processes in Butler and Claremont counties that resulted in increased property taxes for many homeowners. My guests are Hamilton County Treasurer Jill Schiller, Butler County Auditor Nancy Nix, and Ohio State Senator Bill Blessing a Colerain Township Republican. You can join the conversation by calling 513-419-7100 or by emailing talk at wvxu.org. We were talking about the before the break about this outside contractor that Hamilton County's auditor's office uh, hired to help with these appraisals, which are such a big job. Senator Blessing, have you heard any concerns specifically about that contractor and whether these appraisals done by this outside vendor were fair? 
Um, a few, but but most of the emails that that I have received have been about you know what kind of relief can the uh, state give, and as well as just trying to get some understanding about why. Uh, and this this was brought up earlier in this discussion why their valuations were what they are, even though they they didn't really do anything to improve the house, and it's you know nowhere near what it was when they first bought it. So, no, I, I have not really heard that as much from my constituents. Okay. We have John on the line. John, thanks for your call. What's your question? Um, the first question is the calculation of state taxes and property taxes hasn't changed ever in over many, many years, at least in my whole career, which is 40-something years. And I don't know why there's no discussion of changing how the calculation is done. And secondly, I've done things all over the state, and the inconsistency around the state is just, you know, mind-boggling in, in how taxes are calculated and done and the millage and all of that. And I don't know why there's no push for uniformity. And so I'd like to hear, the, hear one, why the calculation doesn't change, and two, two, what we can do to get it to change to be a fairer thing across the state. Thank you, John. I can address that actually, if that's okay. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I can. I can understand why somebody would appreciate. You know, hey, why is this home in Cincinnati and or Cleveland or Columbus? You know, it is what it is. And the exact same home may not be, you know, anywhere near that value in say Scioto County. And it just goes back to that old real estate maximum that it's location, 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 and. Um, you know, that's in our constitution that you have to value as the true value. What what could the property fetch on the market today is what the auditors are trying to uh, value these properties uh, as. So that I think that hits a lot of people in a way that, you know, they might think is counterintuitive. But that's the reason why the valuations are the way that they are. Um, there's also a uniformity provision in the, the state constitution. We have that uh, 35% uh, assessed rate that has come about uh, because of that. Now, with respect to what the state can do, there's there's also some limitations that need to be understood regarding what we can do. And and I think if you look at a lot of what has driven uh, the increases, like if you look at somebody who is living in a a you know floor district, for example. It's not just the 20 mil floor that may be, you know, getting them. It's also the inside mills, which rise with inflation. And there's uh, literally nothing the auditors, the treasurers, the General Assembly uh, can do directly about that. And those are 10 inside mills that can, can contribute significantly to the increases in property taxes. Now, that having been said, you know, those pieces, for example, the inside mills, uh, if the citizens wanted to go for, uh, you know, a constitutional amendment to change that, they could certainly do it. Um, you know, the General Assembly could propose that too. Uh, but again, the bar for getting something like that done is significantly high. Um, so I, I can understand the, the confusion why there might not seem to be some uniformity, but there have been attempts to make that, uh, you know, to make sure that it is uniform. 
But there's also a recognition that that you know real estate throughout the, the state is going to be differently valued, just again based on location. There's going to be a lot more demand, um, you know, for a home that's nice in Hyde Park than there would be, for example, in you know uh, a, a much more rural county. So even if that home was identical in both areas, it's the location that would matter. Thanks for that call, John. Um, Auditor Nix, was there anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, the caller was talking um, also about rates. And in my mind, we do have uniformity because every county, all 88 counties in the state abide by the Ohio Revised Code. And we don't have a lot of discretion as to um, setting rates or values. We have to do it based on data. So, um it really would depend on what levies are passed at the local level. So in my mind, we do have mostly uniformity. Now, how that plays out uh, on an individual basis is is another matter. So that's what I would say. Okay. We have Dan on the line. Dan, thanks for calling. What's your question or comment? Um, yes, I just wanted to uh, comment on the fact that I have, uh, I have a few rental properties in Cincinnati. And... Um, one of uh, one of my properties, the property intact, the property tax increase alone is 165 percent, and on another one, it's 166 percent. Not trying to dumb this down, but that's the increase. So I'm paying more than you know two and a half times of what it was. So I have to pass this cost on to the tenants which is going to cause another problem. What consideration has been given to that um, so that uh, we don't increase a, 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 a homeless situation? Thank you, Dan. Senator Blessing, that's a, that's a tough one. Are those kind of factors being considered at the state level with these different measures you all are looking at? Sure. There was um, a proposal um, from Policy Matters Ohio um, that is a circuit breaker ap- approach that would basically say something along the lines of you you stop paying increases um, on your property taxes once they once they hit a um, you know certain percentage of your your income and that proposal had a significant expense to the uh, you know to the state. I think it was closer to a billion dollars. Um, I, I don't have that number in front of me, but but it was a significant spend. So the question I think that that really needs to be answered is because again, when you talk about numbers of that magnitude, you really start getting into all right. This is going to be dealt with in the state budget. So what is going to be more beneficial to Ohioans, taxpayers, you name it? Should a, another income tax cut be done, which has been sort of a tradition at the state house, or should the shift be to property tax cuts? Um, I would be inclined to do the latter, uh, but in all cases, you know, this issue will continue to exacerbate itself if we don't get a, a hold of the housing issues. Uh, supply of, uh, the financialization of, things like that. Um, get a handle on those things and then, you know, also approach the property tax issue in the budget, I think is actually a fairly reasonable approach to this. Thanks for that, that call, Dan. We appreciate it. 
Treasurer Schiller, I know uh, you've been talking with other county officials about maybe coming to some kind of agreement about what you'd like to see happen in Columbus to address these issues. What what would you like to see state lawmakers do in this regard? I mean, one of the simplest fixes would probably be a cap on the percentage that property taxes can be raised in a given year. Um, however, sometimes simple solutions are not the most popular because they make too much sense. Um, you know, there have been ideas floated like extending the deadline, the due date, but that then kicks everything else down the lane. When we collect taxes, we need to distribute the proceeds to the places that that need the money, in particular, the school districts. So that's not really a great answer either. We really need Columbus to to give us some answers on this. Auditor Nix, what would you like to see? Well, I've because our county has so many school districts at the 20 mill floor, I've really been nauseated by the 20 mill floor because that's where the extreme tax increases have hit hardest. So I don't know if it's removing the floor altogether or um, upping the floor um, so it can't go go below a lower a lower amount. But that 20 mill floor is what gives most people the most congestion in Butler County um, and causes such the variation. And also a lot of the exemptions, we see those have kind of run amok and Senator Blessing addressed that. Uh, we have so many tiffs and rids and abatements and and it just shrinks the pie. So I do know I've watched the hearings at the state house uh, with the property tax committee led by Senator Blessing. And I think they are getting to the bottom of, of a lot of these issues. So my Hope and prayer is that they do something to alleviate the stress on our taxpayers. And Senator Blessing, you talked earlier in the program about legislation that is that that could be uh, give some immediate relief to seniors who are lower income homeowners. Are there other long term solutions that you would like to see, you know, get some traction in Columbus? Sure. Yeah, that's that's that circuit breaker approach that. Um, I, uh, I had mentioned that Policy Matters Ohio is is pushing. Um, that's actually a good a good guy you could get on here at some point is uh, Zach Schiller, who's their uh, inside uh, tax guy. But um, outside of that, the concern that I have, and again, I'm fine with with doing something like that. Uh, certainly a fan of the uh, uh, homestead exemption, the modified homestead exemption. Uh, but but the thing that I think people need to understand, and I, I pitched this in the article as well, that is that property taxes are higher because valuations are higher and valuations are higher because home prices in real estate have skyrocketed. And you had mentioned that, uh, Lucy, in the, or the earlier part of this uh, segment. Um, and it's also fitting that we have a uh, select Senate committee on housing talking about these things, because again, if we do not get a hold of the supply issue and the the um, you know rampant financialization of housing issue, those two things together fixed, then real estate is going to continue to skyrocket, and then anything that we do may be for naught. Mm. So fix housing, and at the same time get a you know solid fix uh, for now for those people hurting the most. Okay. Which- 
Well, we I want to let our listeners know we do have links to more for more information, including how to contest your valuations on our website, wvxu.org. I've been talking with Hamilton County Treasurer Jill Schiller, Butler County Auditor Nancy Nix, and Ohio State Senator Bill Blessing, a Colerain Township Republican. Thanks so much for your time today. You've been listening to Cincinnati Edition on 91.7 WVXU. Our producer is Selena Reeder. Associate producer is Asia Johnson. Technical director is Marshall Verbsky. I'm Lucy May. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.